0: Good morning, everybody. There we go. Hello. I want, can I borrow this one? Thanks. How are we doing today? I tell you what, um, I'm, oh, there we go. I'm from Michigan. Who's from Michigan? Anybody? Yes, yes. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. The heat in Kansas, it does something to me by the end of August where I like turn into grumpy Sherry because I'm just always, always upset with the heat. But I'm happy to be inside with all of you right now and that we're enjoying uh, worship. That was fantastic. By the way, worship team, thank you so much for leading us into God's presence. I think I'd rather just stay in and sing all day long, but um, man, it's just such a great opportunity to meet together, and um, uh, like Jose shared with you this morning, I've been in ministry on and off, but full-time ministry for over 12 years, and um, there's something special about corporate worship, and that's not what I'm talking about this morning, but I just want to quick say uh, the ability to meet together reminds you that life is not about you, it's about God, and so I'm happy that we get to come together in this space this morning and recognize that God is sovereign over all things, and it doesn't matter what junk you're carrying when you come into this space, but when you get together for corporate worship, God will change your heart. And so I'm really, really thankful that you're here, that you showed up this morning. I'm praying that God will use what I'm going to share um, to impact your life and, uh, and to make it a good day. It's a good day. So um, when I thought about what I wanted to share with you, there's a lot of um, things that are going on in my own life. And I I prepared this message a couple weeks ago. And then uh, God started working and pointing out something to me that I'm still struggling with. And so um, I hope that I'm not too scattered for you guys today. I tend to say I think at about... How many of you guys remember my chapel in March about thinking? Anybody remember that? Overthinking? I overthink. And uh, I overthought this one. Uh, So, but I, I think... I think we can flow with it. We'll have, a, we'll have a good pattern of thought here for you today. But I'm going to share some observations, and then we're going to open the Word of God. So that's the plan today. Um, being from Michigan, I lived, and if you're from Michigan, you know you, you use your ma- hand as a map, right? That's like standard Michigan uh, Michiganders uses. I grew up in Grand Rapids, but I lived right here at Silver Lake Sand Dunes for about five years in Christian camp ministry. And I tell you what, any of you guys serve in camp ministry this summer or any of you, raise your hand if you have done camp. It is the best experience ever. If you guys are looking for a summer job, I would highly recommend finding a camp to serve at. It's people your age, impacting youth, having a good time doing it. It's just fantastic. But I, I had the privilege of working um, at This camp, Grace Adventures, and it was on the Silver Lake Sand Dunes, which is about 5,000 acres of straight sand. Like, not trees, we're talking like the, and not Kansas sand, okay, people? You guys know what Kansas sand is like? It's like chunks of gravel. Like, you don't want to walk on it barefoot because you're going to probably cut your feet open. How many of you guys are from a state with good sand? California? Florida. I don't know. Texas. I don't know if they have good sand. There there we go. Um, But Kansas does not have good sand. So Michigan though, this is the kind of sand where you like have to take off your shoes and walk barefoot because it's like powdery. It's perfect. I also know a lot though about sand because living where I did, um, sand gets everywhere. Like when I would do my laundry and I'd pull out the lint trap Please, okay, if you can learn anything, college students, you have to clean out your lint trap, just so you know. Um, Pulling out the lint trap, sand would fall out of the lint trap. That's how much sand there was where I was living. Um, it was, but I loved it. I loved it. Um, but what I want to share with you is an even bigger dune and we have a picture of it. I have three pictures actually. So let's see. This is, this is the first one. This is um, Sleeping Bear sand dunes, which is further north in Michigan. It's way up here by your pinky finger uh, on the map. But it's a, this is a, it's a fun sand. You can go to the next slide. This is at the bottom looking up of the hill and it, doesn't really look like anything special, but if you see in the top left corner of the picture, there's like an observation tower. Uh, let's look at the next slide. This is even better. This is a look from the lake, okay? So the observation tower in that last picture is way up there on the left. You can see at the very bottom, there's some waves on Lake Michigan, but this is a sand dune. And uh, it is a, let me, let me make sure I have my stats right, it's 450 feet of sand from the top to the bottom and to get there you can't get there from the lake there's private property on either side of the National Lakeshore so you can't like hike in and right now the lake level is so how you can't you can't hike in along the base of it you actually drive through the National Park you you park at the top okay <laughs> And then you're like, wow, look at how beautiful this is. You can see the lake. It's gorgeous. It's great. Um, And then you have this thought like I do. uh, Let's go down to the lake. Let's start at the top and go make our way down. Well, there's enough people in this world that cannot climb a 450-foot sand dune. So they have signs at the top of the dune that say, if you need assistance, and you call 911 to get back up the dune, it will be a $2,800 charge. Because Coast Guard gets called out all the time to help people get back up this dune. It takes four minutes to walk down the dune. It can take upwards of two hours to walk up the dune. Um, being in relatively decent shape, I'm a triathlete. I, I did an Ironman a couple years ago, uh, so I have some level of endurance left in my body. Uh, I can do. I can go up the dune. I can go up the dune in about 23 minutes without stopping. So, not to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, how, and how many of you are student athletes? Raise your hand if you're a student athlete. Okay, so just so you guys know, when I was there, there was a woman. She was uh, 20 years old. She was running down the dune and running back up, and I finally stopped her at the top and I said, "Are you training for something?" And she's just like, "No, I'm a college. I'm a college soccer player." She was a college soccer player, and she said, "I just come out here and run the dune to train," which is intense and crazy, because again, it's, it's, it's a wicked dune. If you want to think about the equivalent um, of this in like real life situation, it's like climbing 34 stories of stairs. That's what this sand dune is like. Um, so there's, it's, it's, it's awesome. If you guys ever get there, I highly recommend going. It's a good experience. So there's uh, a lot of observations we can make about life from this particular sand dune. And so what I wanted to share with you this morning is that life is like a dune. Uh, I think sometimes we think that life is like this thing where you just, I mean, like you show up at the beach, right? And you arrived. Ha <laughs> I arrived. How many of you felt that way when you got to college? You're like, I'm finally done with high school. I arrived. I'm good. And then some of you might be seniors, four year, I don't know. And you're thinking, hey, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to arrive. Or you think, I finally landed that job I wanted, I've arrived. I finally found the person I want to marry, I've arrived. Life is not like that. I hate to burst your bubble if you do think that way. Um, But we're going to look at that, that life is like a dune, and there's two ways that we can learn from it to help us as we prepare for our life being like a dune. The first thing is, it's about the little steps you take every day. So when you climb a sand dune, even uh, even a smaller dune or anywhere on the beach, you guys know that when you take a step, right, you kind of sink in. And so if you're climbing up a hill, every step you take, you slide backward just a little bit. So it's about making progress. It's about little steps that you take every day to get to where you want to go. The little steps matter. And I think um, sometimes we assume it's the big steps that make the most impact. Like, you um, Using that triathlon experience, like I shared, I, I did, it was a 13-hour race. It was a lot of effort, but it, the race was nothing. It was the year and a half of training leading up to the race that was everything, right? Because you can't show up and do 140 miles one day without being prepared for it. And so it's about um, the little steps that you take on the days you don't want to take them. It's about the little steps you take, uh, you know, with your classwork. Like, reading your textbook, actually reading it. By the way, oh, one semester in college, I got a 4.0, and it was because I was sick with mono, and I was stuck at home, and I read my textbooks. So I, I did learn, like, maybe I should read my textbooks um, and do the reading that's required. So that was, that was kind of a fun life le- lesson. But it's little steps, little steps that matter. For some of you, might be showing up for practice on time, Okay? It might be uh, spending time with family. Some of you probably didn't want to hear that. There's little steps that we have to take to help us navigate life and to get through life. So that's the first thing I want us to think about. The second thing I want us to think about when it comes to uh, sand dunes, and then we're going to open God's word and really look at it. Uh, Sand dunes change. Okay. Um, Silver Lake Sand Dunes, where I lived, the the dunes would migrate five feet each year, which um, probably doesn't sound like much, but where we lived, there's um, the reason the sand dunes even existed is because of the Chicago Fire. Because when the Chicago Fire hit, they needed a lot of lumber to rebuild the city. And so uh, Charles Mears, kind of the area where I lived, he owned thousands of acres and he just clear cutted all of it. Cut all the trees down, threw them in Lake Michigan, sent them across the lake so they could rebuild Chicago. Well, so now there's 5,000 acres with no trees, and what happens to loose soil when when winds coming across the lake? It just moves, right? So these dunes, um, they're beautiful, pristine, but then behind them is all the, all these trees. And every year in the spring, after winter, in the spring, we'd go back out and we'd look at the dunes. They'd look totally different, totally different. Uh, trees, a couple of houses got um, filled in by the dunes over the course of 40 years. Where, and then there's one house that still excavates every spring and tries to save their house from this impending sand dune that's coming its way. Um which is pretty impressive, five feet of shifting. That's, that's kind of impressive. If you've ever been to the Sahara Desert, though, it can shift five miles, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Entire cities are buried in the Sahara because of how quickly uh, sand can shift and change. And I think sometimes, again, we just assume that... Uh, life is easy peasy lemon squeezy, and we can just take our little steps, and everything's going to be fine. Uh, but we have to recognize that life is about change. Nowhere have we learned, especially in Scripture, that life. Is not that way. God ordained change. He gave us seasons for a reason, and we have to figure out how to how do we navigate change. Um, It's never going to be the same. Some of you are probably already experiencing this. Going to college is definitely a change for you. Living in Central Kansas might definitely be a change for you. It was a change for me. That was a huge, huge difference from where I'm from. Um, uh, But. In the change is where it's most important for us to recognize what steps we're taking and what direction we're going and how do we navigate this. So all that being said, I want us to look specifically at Ephesians uh, chapter 5. So if you brought your Bibles, please take them out. If you have them on a device, you can pull it up. Um, The Word of God is a very powerful thing. I would recommend bringing a Bible with you wherever you go. I leave... I leave this one in my uh, purse, and then I always have it accessible. And I'm also one of those people that likes to write in my Bible because I pay more attention to what God's Word says when I'm, like, marking the snot out of it and then writing little notes. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, Ephesians 5, we're going to look at verses uh, 15 through 17. And Paul wrote this letter. And um, he's writing it, obviously, to the church in Ephesus. But he says to the people, "'Look carefully, then, how you walk, "'not as unwise but as wise, "'making the best use of our time, "'because the days are evil. "'Therefore, do not be foolish,' but understand what the Lord's will is. Um, I want us to think about four things from this passage. And then also, how how does that relate to life in general? But the first thing Paul says is we have to look carefully how you walk. So like I said in a sand dune, right? You take a step and you slide back. Take a step and you slide back. The, The whole idea, though, is that we're expected to be walking. Right? So Paul says, look carefully how you walk. That's a forward motion. Always moving forward. We always have to be taking those steps forward. I, yesterday, I got 26,000 steps in yesterday. I don't know if any of you guys count steps. Yeah, I know, right? Um, It's kind of a big deal. But no, I got 26,000 steps in, and someone laughed at me, and they said, but you didn't go anywhere. And she was right, because I stayed in the same building all day long, and I thought, "How, how appropriate is that? But when we walk, we're going somewhere. So how you walk, it's slow and methodical. Obviously, you're not walking to win a race. When you walk, it's like an intentional pace when we do that. It's something you do every day. So I want you to think about that walk is like it's that character development. It's making those good choices every day. Uh, Choosing to eat breakfast before you go to class. Great choice. Simple step. Easy to do, right? Um, Choosing to get enough rest at night. (laughs) Great step. Not so easy to do, especially for some of you, but something important to do. Um, again, little things matter. They add up. There are steps that you take in a day that move you forward. And so we have to think about that um, when we're looking at our character. So if we're supposed to look carefully how we walk... The second part of that is, we're walking. The second part is we have to be wise, not unwise. And I think something in scripture, being wise, is something we neglect because we like magically think there's this gray area in life. Like, okay, well that decision's wise. This one over here is unwise. But maybe I'm just going to hang out here and it's not really wise, but it's not Totally unwise, so I'll call it good. That's not how scripture describes wisdom. You're either wise or you're foolish. There's like no in between. And so, decisions that you make, if you are thinking right, even right now to yourself, like that's not a terrible decision, but it's not a good one, it's probably a foolish decision. That was a really hard lesson that I had to learn probably through my 30s. I felt like God kept laying it on my heart that these are, if they're not wise decisions, they're foolish decisions. A perfect example of that for me, and I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but I have two speeds. They're on and off. And when I'm off, I'm like crazy idle. Like, let's just burn two hours watching Instagram reels. And then two hours later, I'm like, are you kidding me? I really just wasted two hours of my life watching Pandas fall off stuff, which they do fall off everything, and it's funny. But was it worth two hours of my time? Probably not. Um, So when you think about being wise, that's about making the small things happen and making it count. So how you talk to somebody when you're grumpy because it's hot out. That's being wise, right? If you choose to respect and honor somebody else. Um, Choosing to put in the hard work when you don't want to—that's being wise. There's there's all these opportunities for us to be wise. Uh, The third point that we get from this—I kind of already talked about it—but making the best use of your time because the days are evil. In verse 16, that's what Paul writes: uh, making the best use of your time is something that's very difficult for you, especially in college, because you guys probably feel like you have, like, a lot of time to do whatever you want to do. I don't know. Maybe you don't feel like that. Maybe you're, like, overpacked in your schedule, and you think, I have no time, and this isn't a healthy way to live. You guys have to find, like, you have to intentionally pace yourself in life. Otherwise, you'll always feel overwhelmed or lazy. There's, like, no in between there. You have to find your pace. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I got when I started doing that really long triathlon, I found a woman, she'd done seven races already, so I'm like, you're a pro, what do I need to know? And she said, every step is forward progress. And... Um, I think sometimes we look at, like, life as it's just huge and overwhelming, and we think, like, I have to know exactly what I'm going to do 10 years from now. I have to know um, where I'm going to be or what job I'm going to have, and that's not necessarily the best use of your time. The best use of your time is knowing what you're going to do today. And we look at that in the Lord's Prayer where God says, give us this day our daily bread. We're supposed to be focusing on the present and how can we manage the time for the present. And the fourth thing I want us to look at from this particular scripture is um, is verse 17, which says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understanding the will of the Lord. And this is really where I felt like um, God was convicting me this week. Because I really wanted us to focus on character development and, the, and um, making good choices. As, as college students, the choices you make every day might seem um, unimportant, but they will carry you the right direction in life. Um, the little things will. But really, this is where God said, no, share, you need to focus on this. This is um, what you're learning right now. And so um, the best thing to do is share share what you know, and this is what I know. Um, God's will is past, present, and future. Sometimes I think this way. I think God's will is past, as in Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I am so grateful for that. And by the way, if you have not come to that realization yet, I'm sure Jose would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you about what has happened in history to change your future. Um, We would love to share the story, but... um, That's past, and then we think about future. Like God, what is your future will for me? It's got to, you know, is it having a family? Is it being this um, professional athlete? Is it the the kind of work I want to do in my future? We always we're always looking like this five year plan down the road. This is where I want to be, but God's will has a present, and I even neglect that. I have children. They're. 12 and 13. They're seventh and eighth grade. Um, They're super fun. My daughter looks exactly like me, which is the whole other thing. And I get to learn a lot from her because she exposes everything I don't like about myself. Um, But it's so easy for even in parenting to say like, I miss, I miss when my kids were little or I miss when they would sit on my lap or, or I'm looking forward to when they're out of the house, right? So like we have these different dynamics and we forget that God created us for present times and he has a will for what we're doing today. He has a will for you to be in this room right now. And we, we forget that and we neglect it. And at least in my experience, then I think I run the show, right? I have my stuff together together. I don't need God's help. I can just make it work. And I catch myself more times than not living this way, which also, obviously, we just talked about is foolish behavior because I think I know better than God does. And maybe none of you have ever said that out loud, but I'm sure that your actions at some point in your life have probably proved that you do think you know better than God. It's not a good place to be, it's not a good way to live. Um, in talking about why God is showing me this right now. I went through a huge change in my life in the last three months. I took a new job, and I didn't even have Jose introduce me this way because I wanted to use it as an illustration. You know what I do for a living now? I'm a custodian, okay? Thank you. But how many people want to say that, like, hi, I'm Sherry, I clean up other people's messes. Like, that's not something you want to advertise. And for some reason, we wrap our identities up in what we do and not who we are in Christ. And to change what I was doing, I was a ministry coordinator at a church. I was leading a, a lot of people. I was very good at what I was doing. I love loved my job. I still love my church. I'm still there. Um, but God sent me down this other path And it didn't make sense to me. And I wanted to control that. I wanted it to make sense. I wanted to know what my future was. I wanted to know why it happened. And um, it sent me into like this lovely little anxiety battle. I don't know if any of you have ever had that happen before. It's not fun, right? Um, You feel out of control. You feel overwhelmed. And that's kind of where I've been the last three months. And God is constantly, constantly reminding me that he ordained change in my life. And there's a reason that he moved me to where I'm at. And I can seek his will out no matter where I'm at. If it's cleaning a toilet at my kid's school, that is God's will for my life to do it with excellence, to serve people, to have a good attitude while I'm doing it and to make connections when I have opportunities. And um, even this morning, I went to work before I came here. Even this morning, I was at school, and a parent came through the doors, and she said, I need to talk to you. And she was in tears, and she said to me, um, she has three daughters at my kid's school and her middle-aged daughter, eighth grade. She said, uh, my daughter is hard to reach, um, it's, there's been very little impact, external impact on her lately. And she said, but she came home last week from school. I get to help out with some junior high sports. She said she, uh, she came home from school and she was just filled because of the conversation you had with her last week. And she said, I'm so thankful you're in my daughter's life. And so if I'm sitting here and I'm trying to control what God's trying to change, I miss his will in the everyday. It's, it's so easy to just want to hang on to life like this, right? Close your fist around and control it. Because now I know what my future is. Now I know that I've arrived. Now I know that I'm using my gifts the way I, am. I want to. And God's saying, no, Sherry, let it go. I move things. I shift things, right? Isaiah 43 19 says, when God says, See, I have created a new thing. And so often we're trying to control past, present, future, we don't even get to see it. And so I want us to slow down this year. Your theme this year is as you go, right? That's right. Okay. As you go, that is a daily activity. That is not something that happens when you finish this semester or this calendar year or four years. That's something you did today. That's an attitude you carry with you. That's the choice you make when you're in a hard situation. That's your character being exposed. God loves you and he has something for you today. And it's our joy to find out what that is. And it's a blessing when we live inside that. And so uh, as we go today out of this room, I want us to think what's one step you can take to make sure that you're understanding God's will? What's those, those baby steps climbing that sand, dune? What are those steps that you're going to take to make an impact today, this morning, this afternoon, this evening? Um, I have learned, like I said in this season of change, I've learned to be grateful and to have a good attitude no matter where I'm at and what I'm doing. And it has totally changed my outlook in the last few months. Um, and it's been a blessing to me to find joy in everything. And I just really want to encourage you to do the same. Um, and We're going to pray right now. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray uh, that, that we can navigate the shifting sands and take the right steps. But I just want to say, if you need someone to talk to when we're done here, I'm going to be hanging out for a while. I would love to share with you or hear your story, if that's the step you need to take today. Um, And then we're just going to continue to grow as God's people. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity this morning to really look at um, sand and sand changes and... um, we never arrive, Lord. It's always about taking little steps to get to where we want to go. And, God, I think uh, so many of us want to try to control what you've created and how foolish that sounds when we say it out loud. Um, but, God, we want to be broken in front of you. We want to be on our knees in front of you. You are creator. You do love and care for us. You do have a plan. Your, your will is every day, past, present, future. You have a plan And man, you love us. You love us so much. And I just pray that we can acknowledge that, God, that we can come before you and um, choose to follow you in the little things. And... um make the good choices for us. So uh, bless these students. Thank you so much for Sterling College. Thank you for the impact it's had, not only on the community, on the hundreds of, if not thousands of students that have left here and chosen to live for you in their daily walks, Lord. I just pray that that can continue to happen and we can shine our light wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.